and welcome to the Giraffe Social Media Podcast. It's what social media managers are talking about. I'm Chloe Bellchamber, and on today's episode, I'm direct messaging Australian media slashy Maggie Zhao. Today, we're going to be talking about adopting brand personas and the key to creating compelling content your audience will love. Maggie, it's so nice to chat to you again. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me, Chloe. It's so nice to connect with you, even though we're, you know, halfway across the world from each other. Not road, sorry. (laughs) Right. If you hadn't guessed it from both of our accents, Maggie, you live in Australia. How Mm. is everything there right now? How has the past year been for you? Gosh, um... (sighs) I feel like I'm bragging every time I mention it, but here in Melbourne, we are doing quite well, thankfully. Very grateful for the situation at hand. So yes, yeah, spent most of last year at home in my bedroom. I'm quite an introvert and I work from home as well. So like, wasn't too bad. Did go a little bit, you know, cuckoo in my brain, but what can you do? Um, but now I am enjoying our summer, which has been nice. Oh, you're lucky. I'm the same. Mm. I'm a massive introvert and work from home. So it's kind of been mm. a bit, I mean, the first six months were blissful. I'm a bit on the edge now, but <laughs> we live and we move. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> to get to know you a little bit better, we're going to start the episode with a round of quick fire questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm a little bit sweaty, actually. <laughs> I'm getting nervous. Pop well, quiz. Here we go. <laughs> here we go. All right. Early bird or night owl? I love how I'm neither. I'm like a mid-morning gal. So if I had to choose, I'd say early bird. Love that. Instagram or TikTok? Instagram. Love it. I'm still, I mean, I'm kind of converting to TikTok, but Instagram will always be bae. I know. I love both. I'm not going to lie. My TikTok for you page is fire and it is it brings me the most entertainment so if I ever need like a happiness kick I definitely go on TikTok but I also love Instagram just because I'm there more I reckon I agree (laughs) um fashion week or festival season oh that's a good question I would say fashion week I get such um I don't even know how to describe it just like I get filled with such an adrenaline when fashion week rolls around I'm actually being involved I'm actually involved in Copenhagen fashion week which starts I think like today or tomorrow I'm doing a little digital mediator thing where I'll be on my story so that's super exciting as well wow look at you go (laughs) thank you this next one I feel like it's obvious for you but Sydney or Melbourne Melbourne, is that a question? <laughs> we have a massive rivalry for anyone who is not local. Um, but no, I've been born and raised in Melbourne and I love it here. I'm the same. <laughs> uh, give up social media or give up Netflix? I'm going to be cheeky and say I'll give up Netflix because there's Stan, there's Prime, there's Disney Plus. You know what I mean? <laughs> She's found the loophole. She's found it. <laughs> Uh, hotel or Airbnb? Airbnb. I'm obsessed. Um, I just think you can get so many little quirks and charms with, you know, staying at someone's house. So true. Thrift shopping or cafe hopping? <gasps> They're my two favorite things and you know it. <laughs> I'm going to have to pick thrift shopping though. I thought you might. I thought you might. Um, 
Bridgerton or Gossip Girl? <gasps> okay, Gossip Girl. Okay, can't say no to the OG, but do love both. Mm-hmm. Uh, chai latte or chai tea? Oh, chai latte for sure. I'm so sorry, but I love my chai lattes to death, but I don't actually like chai tea. So, bit of a controversy there. (laughs) Well, there you go. And finally, the Kardashians or the Obamas? Oh my God, that's an interesting one. You know what? I've actually never seen an episode of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Wow. I know, I know. And Obamas are pretty cool. I'm actually going to pick the Kardashians. Also a strange one. I know, I know. (laughs) Sorry, I find them very entertaining. So, That's true. You can't go wrong with the Kardashians. (laughs) All right, well, jumping right in, Maggie, you have such an impressive resume. I mean... To give the listeners a lowdown, not only are you studying media and journalism at university, but you're also a freelance writer, you're a social media coordinator, you're an online influencer, and you host your own podcast, Culture Club. Tell me, where did this obsession with social media and the media begin? Maya, my, have you done your homework? <laughs> that was very impressive. Thank you for that, Chloe. Um, but honestly, so I'm a Gen Z and... I actually grew up with social media definitely in my back pocket. I started Twitter when I was like 10 or 11. Like as soon as it launched, I was on it. Strangely enough, um, I was in the One Direction fandom. So that was very fun. And then after that, I progressed onto Tumblr, which is like this online blogging site, um, which is very angsty and everything. And I totally love that. And then the natural progression from that was Instagram. And here I am still on it. Right, I feel like I went through the same motions. I feel like everyone's oh. starting point is like Tumblr and then mm-hmm. it moves on. <laughs> um, you're currently writing for, uh, you're currently a writing contributor for Fashion Journal, one of Australia's mm-hmm. leading fashion and lifestyle publications. I think they collectively have over 600,000 followers on their social media platforms. Mm. How do you go about creating such compelling content for an audience at large? And how do you manage to take on a brand persona on that scale? So for Fashion Journal, I'm so lucky to write for them. I have been such an avid reader of their content for years, which I think really helps with like writing for them and knowing their tone of voice and personality. And if I'm honest, they've been super lovely and I've been allowed to write about topics um, that really interest me, such as race and sustainability. And I am lucky enough to also have my personality and voice shine through. I think they like that. I think readers do connect with that. So it's not just like stay hard news <laughs> sorry hard news <laughs> um but yeah people ask like oh like how do you find your voice and I think I am a very outspoken person and I have grown up reading a lot and it's even interesting looking at the magazines I consume now so two that pop to mind uh, are Frankie magazine in Australia which is this quite like whimsical quirky cozy magazine and also Rush magazine which is more fashion forward and quite like philosophical and cool so I feel like I have quite a few different reading materials that I draw off and that kind of like I don't know contributes to my writing style nice I mean it's funny you should say that you write about topics you're interested in and and kind of use your own voice because we'll get into that a bit later but Mm. 
And a lot of the articles you do write and through some of the posting you do on your own social media, you share a lot of compelling data and information in a really like creative and fun and engaging way. Um, for example, you asked your audience recently whether or not they date a man shorter than them. Mm. Um, and then from that, you shared a really cool post about relationship norms with data around heterosexual relationships and a bit of research you gathered from your audience. What would be your top tip for marketers like us that are looking for creative ways of working with data? That's such a good question. So I think, especially my generation, I don't know, we love BuzzFeed quizzes. We love horoscopes, astrology. We love having data about ourselves. I think that's why Spotify wrapped even, you know, goes bonkers every year. I think it's really engaging. And also data can be kind of, I guess, alienating because numbers aren't my thing, right? But if you kind of present it in a way that's like digestible to the average person, or I guess interesting because it relates to their own life, I think that can be super interesting. And, you know, um, I also study at university, so we get given a lot of, like, data and reports to read over, and sometimes, you know, a lot of text can be quite draining and not that engaging. So I do think visual content, especially on social media, it might sound obvious, but the way it's presented, if it's, you know, easy to read, you know, not an overload of text, that really, really helps. Just basic design things, honestly. Yeah, you're so right. I mean, I'm like a visual consumer. My boyfriend mm. was trying to tell me about the stock market yesterday oh, and God. just throwing numbers at me. I was like, babe, it's not happening. Um, <laughs> so I think the great thing about social media is that if you make it look, you know, engaging and it's like presented quite nicely, it's really shareable and savable. So I think mm. that's really great advice. Um, speaking of Instagram, you have such an engaged community over on your account. And I think part of that comes from how your page is such a hybrid of your personal life, of some educational content, and of course, your activism. How did you come to build such a strong following? Thank you for pointing that out. It means a lot. Um, I do like pinch myself sometimes. My mum's quite funny. So I have about like 16,000 people following me at the moment. And she's like, oh my God, just imagine like she like drew a picture and she's like, look at all these people following behind you as you're walking. I'm like, mum, that's not how social media works, but thank you. Um, but I have been on social media, been on Instagram specifically, sorry, for almost a decade. I think this is my ninth year. And if wow. you look at those, yeah, if you look at those numbers, like 16K for nine years, it's not that impressive, to be honest. Some people get 100K overnight. So for me, it's definitely been a slow burn. And I know it's a cliche and people say it all the time, but likes and follower numbers aren't everything. But for me, what I really do focus on is the connection I have with my followers. So I pride myself on like knowing whose name pops up on my DMs and like knowing when one of my followers like changes their DP. I'm like, oh yeah, I can, I've seen that. Um, so that's what's really important to me. I honestly, again, cheesy as hell, but I do see my followers as friends. Um, and I think being personable is such an important attribute nowadays. I never want to talk down to my followers. A lot of them are same age as me or, you know, interested in the same things as me. So it's almost like we're on this journey of just like self-discovery together. A lot of them send me important information or like show me things that they found. Oh my God, they know I love Miffy and like Sylvanian family. <laughs> so that I always get random TikToks and videos of that as well. So yeah, I think it's the little things. 
Yeah, I think that's really important to highlight, right? Because as social media managers, a lot of our clients are very focused on, I want to grow to, you know, this number of followers in this amount of time. Mm. And a lot of people forget that really in the scheme of things, a follower number or a number of likes doesn't really Mm. compare to that community that you should really focus on building. So in that vein, do you have any advice for brands or individuals who Mm. are just starting out and want to kind of grow a really big community? Yeah, for sure. So I do help manage the social media profiles of some small businesses as well. So I do kind of come from that brand perspective. And what I really try to push is that don't overlook micro influencers or people with smaller followings because I think they can really be some of the best brand representate, brand representatives. That's a word. Um, so I think it's about growing a small community of people who actually care about your content. And especially from a brand perspective, I always think, what value am I adding? What information am I providing? Why would my audience actually want to come and visit my page? I honestly think you do this so well on your personal page, Chloe. Um, (laughs) So it's incredible. I think you have such an asset of being like, okay, like you actually provide information or regular content so people know what to expect. I hate it when I follow a brand and I follow them for one thing and then they drastically start posting about something I really don't care about or whatever. (laughs) So sometimes less is better as well. I agree. I mean, I tend to try and stay away from following brands on social media just because I find that they kind of clog up my feed with, I can can never tell what they're going to post, right? Just like you said. Mm. So I think kind of it's important to find your niche and post with it. And you can, you know, you can try some new things every now and then, but what it comes down to is your audience and what they want. Like Mm. that's why they're following you, right? So I -hmm. love that advice. I think it's really important Mm. to keep in mind. Yeah. One thing I do want to add with that though, just because I have been on this platform for like nine years, my content has actually changed drastically over the years from my aesthetics to the content I post. I only started posting my articles and written content like June of last year. So it's been very recent, but change can be good. It's scary. So it's it's about taking, I guess, that leap of faith. And I think if it's true to yourself, that's what matters and your audience can adapt and can change. And I have seen like my demographics change as well. Oh, that's nice. Your audience kind of grows with you. I think that's, yeah. Yeah, that's super important. Mm. <laughs> right. Well, I imagine hosting a pop culture podcast along with working in the world of media means you have to stay up to date with a lot of what's going on in the world. So My question is, how do you keep on top of the news and social trends and everything that's going on? Oh, I'm just a media buff. Like, it's quite nerdy, but I do (laughs) love – I love the news. I love media. So, for me, I follow – a great range of different sources. I think I almost like just digest news without realizing I'm digesting news. So for instance, um, in Australia, I really do follow like the guardian. So I have their app on my phone, but then on social media, I follow a few smaller, um, accounts like shit you should care about or the daily Oz, which, you know, present news in very digestible little bites. And then, you know, a lot of the people I follow are also interested in news or I'll talk to my friends about it. And that's just how it pops up. It's the old, you know, Facebook tag in a post and I'll be like, oh yeah, that's happening. And I think with, um, you know, channels like TikTok nowadays where things are so quick and you can really find out what's happening to like 
each change, like whatever happens in a minute, you know what's happening. So I think it's very easy to stay up to date, but also very overwhelming. And I think it's good to know when to step back, take a break, especially when COVID really, really, really first hit. I was enveloped by the news every day. Oh, what am I going to check? Oh, how many people have died today? What a great way to wake up, you know, and that's just not healthy. No, you're so right. Because I was thinking Mm. about this the other day, like, as someone who works on social media and plays in social media, like mm. sometimes I just find myself spinning out. Like I just want to break. Like I mm. don't want to like anything else. I don't want to think of any more captions. So mm. I think it's great that you've highlighted that, you know, as people who kind of work religiously in this space, we need to take a break and just log off every now and then. For sure. It's no surprise to anyone who works in our industry that it can become quite hard to find new inspiration for content. And maybe Mm. it's become a little bit easier with TikTok now. But how do you keep yourself motivated in the midst of such cumbersome and sometimes repetitive work? Mm. Oh, interesting. So I think while social media is known, especially Instagram, for being quite repetitive and monotonous and, oh, everyone's the same these days, I really do think there's such great, unique content out there and there's such a range of creators. So as a, another side note, I guess um, to go along with that data analogy we were talking about before, um, I posted a question on my story the other day that was like, do you think influencers should be activists or like, do you think they should practice activism or whatever? And it was so interesting getting the response. And one of the most resounding answers I got was, you know, I follow some people for their fashion content and I don't expect them to be all political. I follow other people for that. So the thing is, for me, I get my inspiration from a whole range of creators. Some are like, cooking videos some are literal like i don't even know i was gonna say okay do you know what sylvanian families is i do <laughs> I keep <yes>. mentioning <laughs> they're like toys i'm literally talking about toys in this episode but literally that's half of my that's half of my explore page on um on instagram i literally have toys i have nail inspo i have fashion i have like political memes it's such a range of information and I think the danger is when you consume the same type of content over and over again and I think expanding the content you consume is what really helped me. Yeah I agree I found myself in a similar situation like Obviously, I'm a fashion account, so a lot of what I follow is fashion. But working Mm. as a um, content creator or like a social media assistant, I, you know, I'm not just working for fashion brands. I work for people who sell cars. I work for people Mm. in the construction industry. And often when I start with these clients, I find it really hard to kind of like find the inspiration to create, you know, their content. So, yeah, definitely try and mix it up where you can. Otherwise, you can find Mm -hmm. yourself a bit stuck. (laughs) For sure. I manage a lot of like mum brands and I'm 21 years old. I am so far away (laughs) from having a child. So it's always daunting at the start um, because I think me as a 21 year old girl has no idea what it's actually like being a mother. I literally had a conversation with a mum the other day who told me that on her second night of bringing her baby boy home, she was accidentally breastfeeding him her blood. So he was like drinking her blood. Sorry, this is probably too much for the podcast. But you know, there's like little tidbits like that where apparently that's more common than you think. Um, so I think it's about, you know, actually connecting with the actual audience. So if, if I presume that, oh, I know what mums are like, but 
I actually don't. I think it's actually really great to enter those niches of these Instagram accounts and really kind of figure out who these people are, just not, not like, you know, away from stereotypes. Yeah. For real. Sorry, what a tangent. That was like not even making sense. I'm so sorry. Oh, no, no. Little tidbits like that are great. So we always appreciate it. Breastfeeding blood. Sorry. (laughs) Okay. You are such an all rounder when it comes to social media. I mean, you're pretty much dominating every medium right now. What do you think are some of the essential components of good web content? In the least cliche way possible, authenticity. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that word gets bandied around so much, but that's what people connect with. I think when we think about followers, we think numbers, but no, they're people. We should be thinking about their relationships and connections that we're fostering. I think people can kind of smell, oh, it's not the seat, but I think people can smell as facade from a mile away. And sometimes it just gets tiring. You know, sometimes we're just overseeing people's perf- like perfect life. And I think social media in the last few years has really, really, really kind of veered away from that. We, we want relatability. We want accessibility. And I think that's what's important. Like it's another cliche again, God, this episode is full of them. Um, but when we say that there's only one of yourself or, you know, something like that, whatever that, however that quote goes, um, it's true. And like show that on social media, that is your superpower. Like you said, you're a fashion account, but you could say like, Oh, there are so many fashion accounts posting similar things, but what's different is that it's you and that actually makes a world of difference. So I think kind of, I guess playing on that more is what's important. Yeah. I love that. And this leads perfectly into my next question. Um, I couldn't make it through this interview without asking you a question about your influencer work. You know, I'm a massive fan. Um, you share a lot of topics that some people may consider to be taboo. I mean, for example, Mm. you work with brands who sell feminine hygiene products and some brands who sell sex toys. I know sometimes as influencers or as social media managers, it's quite easy to want to shy away from those kind of topics. Mm. Why do you think it's important that we don't? Well, if I'm honest, I think a year ago I would have not talked about sex toys on my channel. You know, it's it's still a little bit daunting to me. I think these topics are so important just because it's our real life. And a lot of these times, these taboos that are like shrouded in shame really shouldn't be. And they're kind of linked to like misogyny and things like that. So um, I think about how just recently, um, Zoella was dropped from the GSCE media oh. studies curriculum because a website reviewed sex toys, right? And they were like, that is not appropriate for 16 year olds. But the thing is, 16 year olds will find out about these eventually. I think us as social media personalities or whatever you want to call us have a really great opportunity to educate or bring about conversation in a safe and meaningful way. I think a lot of the time there's a lot of like one-sided dialogue that's forced down our throats, especially as women or especially when we're younger. But platforms like social media kind of give everybody a voice and I think that is so important. Um, I think that was a tangent to the question again. Um, but for me, I think what the heck, like younger me would want to be hearing about this. And that's why I do it. 
totally i think yeah you're so right it's important like if people are going to look up these things anyway i think Mm. you know as a parent or as someone who wants to find this kind of information you want it to come from a safe space from someone that you Mm. trust as opposed to like looking it up on some web forum with you know all these crazy ideas and things so exactly Well, finally, Maggie, what are some accounts that we should be following on social media? Who are you loving right now? Give us a lowdown. Oh, so many people, you know me, I'm always scrolling. So there's been this one podcast and their like subsequent Instagram page that I've recently found and I am lo- loving. So the Instagram account is called Sefi and Wing and their podcast is called Goes Without Saying. And they are such a cool kind of like casual chit chatty kind of like philosophical a little bit political podcast and the instagram feed is a really great reflection of that they are really great at that like data like text post informative um carousel vibe um and they're really nailing that social game and i find i'm getting a lot of inspiration for that for my own podcast culture club Another person I am loving is Keely. So her Instagram username is K underscore underscore E-E-L-Z. So she is a Melbourne-based chronically ill fashion blogger. So she merges fashion with politics really well, talks about her own personal lived experience as well and love her for her like really eclectic style, but also her very like honest view of like disability and I'm learning a lot from her and then third I could go on all day honestly (laughs) you have to cut me off at some point um (laughs) but especially if you have a lot of like I'm guessing you know British clients um Flex Mummy in Australia is like one of our biggest media personalities she is absolutely killing it so she is a tv presenter dj designer and podcaster she's basically a professional thought haver so she has the most engaging content is really great at facilitating online discussions and has a following that really looks up to her and respects her so 100 percent look at her content take notes Yes. We, I mean, I have recommended Flex on this podcast mm-hmm. before, so this is your second official reminder to follow Flex Mommy on Instagram. <laughs> well, <laughs> that is all we have time for today. Thank you so much for joining me all the way from Australia, Maggie. Where can our followers find you on social media? You can find me on Instagram at yeahmags, which is at Y-E-M-A-G-Z, or on my podcast Instagram, which is called Culture Club Pod. Woohoo! Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss our next episodes. You can connect with us on all major social channels and let us know what you thought about any of the topics we discussed today. We've been Gerald Social Media. You've been amazing. We'll see you next time. Bye. Sorry, I don't know if you need that. <laughs>